It is Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John. Okay, I'm Richard. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Hacking your microphone like that. Boing. Hey, <laughs> uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods and on our website at bronzeandmoderngods.com. And Richard, if they like this video, what should they do? They should uh, uh, like and subscribe. Yeah, you know, do that thing for yeah, us. Yeah, be nice. We appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. Exactly. We, like, we want to reach as many people as possible. Exactly. I usually say we have a jam-packed show today, but today I'm not lying. I mean it. We have a jam-packed we show. We have a quick recap of Comic-Con Revolution that happened last weekend, our underrated books of the week, our main topic, our Justice League dream teams with not one, but two special guests. And of course, our hot book of the week. Richard, what is it? Well, before we get to the hot book of the week, let's talk about your giant size man thing. Oh, do you like my giant size man thing? I'm it's, it's quite impressive, John. I'm glad you noticed it. For those well, it's just like right there for everybody to see. For those of you who are watching or not watching on YouTube, I got this incredible shirt that has the cover to giant size man thing number one. Uh, so I can tell people uh, I have my giant size man thing out. And I got it from uh, Interstellar Comics in Palm Springs. Shout out to Steven and the crew there for having this fantastic shirt. I saw it. I had to have it. I got it. So thank you for that. So what is our hot book this week? Well, for the hot book this week, I picked uh, Superman number one. Uh, I've this, heard of this. Yeah, I think I think you probably have. Yes. Um, it sold at okay. It sold at auction with an asterisk for uh, two point six million dollars. Wow. Which is a huge amount for a funny book. Um, according to the the backstory in this book, uh, it was bought brand new in 1939. Uh, a gentleman named Mark Michelson bought it at uh, in, in 1979 from the original owner. For around a thousand to two thousand dollars, he doesn't really remember. Can you imagine that? You... I forgot how much I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing to, to have that kind of? He said he bought it because he wanted the book, not as an investment. So uh, he turned around and a heritage auction um, uh, listed the book. Apparently, it was a purchase by an anonymous buyer. Uh, two point six million dollars is not the record for this book, but it's, it's still it's an amazing amount of money to pay for a raw comic wow uh yeah uh, not a bad return on your one to two thousand dollar investment uh to have 2.6 million dollars you know after heritage takes their cut he's probably going to get a, a dollar uh, yeah <laughs> you know this this follows up you know we had a record-breaking sale uh also this week uh for teenage mutant ninja turtles number one mm. for 245 thousand dollars for a 9.8 quarter of a million dollars for a turtles book a quarter of a million for a turtles book of course it's first print uh that's just amazing that's the that shows that there is value in this market even when we're having a correction which i which is which is what's going on right now wow Uh, and apparently there was an action comics number one that sold for a four million dollar price to a undisclosed buyer uh and i it's this is a private sale, so you know you got to take it with a grain of salt. There's really no, there's no official record of this sale. If if this is actually the value, you know what uh, was paid for this book, it would be a record breaker. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, you're saying we're in a price correction mode right now. I agree. 
you wouldn't have known it going to Comic-Con Revolution this weekend. <laughs> really? Um, well, for those of you who don't know, Comic-Con Revolution took place this past weekend in Ontario, California, here in Southern California. Uh, I went. There were a lot of dealers, including our friends L. Beans Comics and Red Hood Comics was there. Very crowded, uh, well-organized. It took us maybe two minutes to get in, and we got there at prime time Saturday morning. Uh, quick COVID check, uh, quick uh, badge uh, issuance. It was nothing compared to San Diego in terms of getting in. Um, prices were, let's just say, aggressive. Uh, I've never seen someone selling a copy of Warlock Chronicles number one for $30 and getting it. Uh, I don't know why that was happening, but I witnessed it myself. Uh, I saw lots of people looking for, strangely enough, Blue Beetle number one, which was the first appearance of the Silver Age Blue Beetle from the 60s, along with the first appearance of The Question. Uh, it seemed to be a very popular book, uh, I guess because of the movie announcement, but it's not going to be that Blue Beetle, so I'm not sure. Chris Claremont was there uh, signing books. As you can see from the footage here, there was no way I was going to get close enough to him to get a quick interview. I tried, folks, but I, you know, I'm not going to be that guy that stops the line to ask him questions while everybody's waiting to have their book signed. People will get, they'll throw rocks and garbage at me. That happened. Yeah, yeah don't get me started with Chris, with Chris Claremont and waiting in line. Yeah, exactly. You had that <laughs> same experience. Um, I didn't buy a lot. Uh, I I have to be fair to Comic-Con Revolution, though. I think they were a victim of scheduling. Mm. They were the third major convention in almost as many weeks. We had San Diego on Thanksgiving weekend. We had L.A. Comic-Con last weekend. And here we are with another big Comic-Con in Southern California, like almost three in a row. If I had just gone to this convention, I would have been a lot more impressed. Like, wow, this was great. Conventions are back. But, you know, coming on the heels of two other big cons, it was like, OK, it was nice. It wasn't bad. But uh, there you go. A lot of people buying raws or were the people focusing on, sh on slabs? What was the All people were buying. I didn't see any slabs moving. But like I uh, said, it, like everybody priced their books uh, at 2021, summer of 2021 prices. And they didn't bother to reprice them or change them. OK, um, the, the common refrain I kept hearing when I was looking at books or asking about books was I'm taking offers. I'm taking offers. Okay, but you've got a price so high, I don't even want to attempt an offer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not picking on anyone in particular. It, it was kind of a little across the board that, you know, if, you, if, there's a, if there's a correction, you might have to pull the books off the wall and do some repricing. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Maybe uh, after Christmas, things will go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that seems to be the trend. You know, we have we have uh, very cyclical markets uh, and it's during certain times of the year yeah there are christmas time is an example when people are spending their money on other things christmas presents yep. um the, the disposable income for comics is goes down but it then you know we get into spring and you know that that income comes back so i'm i'm hoping for that there was one really nice cool booth there that i made sure we got footage of because you will appreciate this it was sure comics and fine. kittens and they were uh, uh an organization that sells comics to uh, pay for kitten rescue. Oh. They had two adorable brothers up for adoption there at the booth, and here they are chilling out around the crowd, uh, and we thought that was really special, so we, we wanted to give them a shout-out. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, yeah, definitely give them a shout-out. 
we definitely love rescuing cats, the two of us. So I figured you'd appreciate that as well. All right, time for our main topic, our Justice League of America Dream Teams. All right, joining us to debate all things JLA are a couple of people. You know one of them. You're going to meet one of them for the first time. The one you know is who I like to refer to as our number one DC Comics fan and correspondent. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him. It's Evan. Hi, Evan. Hi, guys. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. How are you? Everything good there next to Richard? <laughs> Everything's excellent. It's excellent. All right. Also joining us is a comics industry veteran you may have never heard of. Evan has. Uh, but you certainly know his work. The Sandman adaptations from Audible. The hit Batman webtoon. If you've not checked out webtoons, do so immediately. And a lot more over the course of his staggering 30-year career at DC Comics. Everyone, please welcome Sandy Resnick. Hello. Hello. Sandy, tell everybody about your shirt real quick. Uh, the shirt. Uh, well, having dinner with Elijo Del Santo, <laughs> and uh, he signed it. And I've never had dinner with anyone who got interrupted more times to have people take a picture with him or sign an autograph. He was gracious, wonderful. And I actually caught him switching his mask during dinner. Oh, <laughs> it was really very cool. Uh, you have not had dinner with me yet, so. Uh, no, no. There I are haven't. many wardrobe changes. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, I'm just wearing this in, in honor of everyone here today, my giant size man thing shirt. All right. Here's how this is going to work. We're going to talk our dream Justice League teams. We're going to go around and name one each. And if you already uh, have this one on your list, for example, if Richard says Superman and you also have Superman, feel free to jump in and say why Superman should be on your dream team as well. All right, Richard, you start us off. I guess I think I predicted what you're saying. Uh, yeah, you're reading the show notes out loud. That's not fair. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> to me, uh, I'm I'm going OG Cannon this time. Uh, last time when we did uh, Avengers, that was a little bit more modern and off the cuff. This is going to be a pretty much a, a predictable list in terms of um, JLA members. First of all. The muscle, Superman. Superman is part of the Holy Trinity. You got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And I, I cannot see a JLA without those three members. So the first one I'm picking is Superman. Justice League Detroit. Uh, Evan, did you say Superman too? <laughs> I did say Superman. You got to say Superman. Uh, he's the, the heart of the team, you know, the muscle, but also the heart. So, yeah, you can't have a Justice League without Superman. Nope. Sandy is shaking his head. What do you have to say, my friend? I have to say that the heart of the Justice League is Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Oh. John Johns is the heart of the league. I'm not arguing against Superman, but you know the rules for today were five only. Right. Which means once you put the Trinity in, why bother? Right. Yep. Interesting. I was thought you were going to say the heart of the Justice League was Nort. All right, Richard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Evan, who is your first pick? Uh, so I did not go John. Uh, I... I'm going Ms. Martian. Ooh. Because right. I, I think John has been in a lot. I think she has a more compelling backstory. And I think, uh, yeah, add another woman to the team that way. But my Justice League is the Justice League that can beat Darkseid's butt. And so you got to have the, the strength and the brains and the the John Johns thing. You got to have that or John Johns, excuse me. But I think Miss Martian would put a nice twist on something that's already been established for a really long time. Richard, have you heard of Miss Martian? 
I have not. To be Me honest. neither. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you two are going to help us out here. Who's so, Miss Martian? Miss Martian, uh, she came on the scene as a female Martian manhunter, but she is a white Martian. Who named her? Parading as a, well, so she was a member of the Teen Titans. Oh, okay. so, and you know, DC's penchant for lads and lasses. And, and all that. I'm on board. Okay. I, I needed a ramp up there. All right. Cool. All right, Sandy, you're up. Well, I'm going to go. Look, we, if you're not going to have the Trinity, which was what I, my premise was no Trinity, even okay. though the classic should have Trinity. Uh-oh. I went with you. But here's the thing. If you're only going to have five, you can't have Trinity. The seven, Magnificent Seven, absolutely. Right. So in looking for a Wonder Woman replacement, I went Big Barda. Oh, okay. I like. I mean, not the played for last Justice League International, which was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But because she's tactical, powerful, great backstory, all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. I'd be down for Barda. Yeah, that's a heavy hitter, definitely. Barda, no scot-free. Is she scot-free? Well, so if you want to get into that, as we're going through this, I came up with a completely different premise for a team. We should do the couples team sometime. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Scott and Barda, Arthur and Mira, you know, Ollie and, and Dinah. Mm -hmm. That would be kind of fun. I, I have a couple on my team. Is that uh, the couples so. therapy league? Yeah. <laughs> I'll start with, I'll start my, with my couple. Uh, I have a couple. Uh, cheating. Blue and gold. Uh, speaking uh, of the Bwahaha JLA, I, I guess it's probably because it's the era I read the most regularly that Keith Giffen, uh, JMD Matias, uh, Kevin McGuire era. And I just love the team with uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, and uh, Booster Gold. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about that era of the Justice League now. At the time, it was huge, you guys. Love Justice it. League was, uh, Sandy will tell you, he was there. Justice Love League was on deathbed. J JLA Detroit <laughs> did not rock people's world the way uh, <laughs> we thought it People was were not vibing to the Justice League Detroit. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. They needed a break. Uh, You're not going to throw Gypsy on your team? No. Hey, no. I've not gone through my list yet, have I? Richard, <laughs> you're up, Richard. All right. Um, maybe we'll touch, I'll talk about some of my non-Trinity people. Um, and you're looking at uh, a team, I think magic needs to be covered as a possibility. So I put Zatanna on my list. Ditto. Yeah. She's, she's a strong character, a great character. And um, there's a lot of flexibility. It has a lot of history with, with the rest of the members on, uh, on JLA. So that's, that's why I picked her. I have in my notes, I picked her because she earned it. That's, mm -hmm. that's my only note. Just uh, just don't wear that George Perez outfit. Earned it in what way? Um, she was around. She was always kind of an also ran, always B-lister, always on the team and kind of there. And she would she'd be there. But then Phantom Stranger would come in and snap his fingers and everything would be fine. <laughs> it's like, get out of the way, Phantom Stranger. Let, let, let Santana say something backwards and save the day for once. We don't need you. That too. That's all. It's always fun. When you, you know, when you see a word bubble that she's saying as a spell, you're going, you're trying to read it backwards and try to pronounce it. It's yeah, that's, that's always fun. Faux cuff. All right. <laughs> All right. Did not pick Zatanna because she, because you guys don't read DC very much. Uh, she's the leader of the Justice League dark team. So I knew that. I knew yeah, 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 yeah. We know. It's, I did not put is... her in because of that. <laughs> 
But uh, so I'm going to go for Wahaha League myself. You got to have a Green Lantern. Uh oh. But my team kicks Darkseid's butt. So you bring in the hammer. Guy Gardner is my pick. guy. One punch Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> you bring in Guy because he's he's just a meathead who can kick some butt. That's why I went with Guy Gardner. Yeah, guy, guy. That's 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 guy's um, mo, isn't it? You know, he's kind of a he's kind of a one trick pony for for at least most of his history. I picked John Stewart as the Green Lantern, uh, but I could definitely see John, or I could definitely see Guy. Uh, he, guy has always been one of my favorite characters. It's just because he, he he's pretty straightforward. You get what you get when you get Guy. Totally. And, and he helped popularize Moon Boots. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Guy. All right, Sandy, you're up. I'm let, waiting. Let, me, let me finish out the premise of no trinity okay that was where i came to it from and if you're gonna do that i think to fill the batman role you get the you bring in oracle that's what i'm saying i knew you were gonna throw us <laughs> she's been a member she's been yeah. a member. Yeah. i know suicide squad oracle all right tell me about this why are you she was she was in the suicide squad the john ostrander run that's where she came to prominence right well, I, I think I would argue that she came to most people's attention with Birds of Prey. Well, yeah, Birds of Prey, sure. Uh, but tell me why why JLA? Uh, I think that you need the communications, you need the intelligence, you need the, uh, the <laughs> sometimes you need the deus ex machina of who can just make something happen technologically and you don't really have to explain it. And there's your magic user, Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just happens to be done by technology instead of actual magic. Right. Um, and depending on who else is on the team, if you do have a black canary, you have that relationship built in. Oh, excellent. All right. Uh, I'm getting a little traditional with my next one. Um, Hawkman, uh, because you need someone plugged into the outer space alien threats. And right. why not someone from Thanagar who can tell you uh, something about, uh, I don't know, I almost said the Chitari, wrong universe. Uh <laughs> You also, you also need somebody with a nice, tight, crisp origin story. <laughs> yes, clear continuity, easily referenced. Exactly. I, I am a huge fan of the JLA uh, animated series, both of them. Uh, I am in the process of work, watching the first one, so Hawkgirl is on my list because uh, it's just she's just a great character and so complex in, in that series. I think it's 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 uh, it's my pick. And you can't beat someone walking around with a mace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's going to do it. All right, is that your your next pick, or is that just tagging on the mind? Oh, uh, that was t- kind of tagging on yours. Okay, what was your next? Um, my my next one is, um, you know, avoiding the, the Trinity still. Um, Cyborg. I think Cyborg has proven to be, uh, as Evan and I were talking about this just the other day, oh, yeah. it's, it's hard to remember he was Teen Titans because he's been so prominent. In, in in other things now um doom patrol doom patrol right yeah. so so you know he's he's a he's a great character and again we were talking about technology he's got that tech tech angle to him and also kind of a, a, a complex character all right all right evan you're up okay so i'm gonna go with uh one of these two because again dark side's butt needs kicking so you're bringing the guns so i'm gonna go with Captain Adam, mm-hmm. another Wahaha guy. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to appeal to the new kids, you bring in Naomi. Oh. So those are my choices for the big power power level, powerhouse, blow stuff up, 
added dimension to the Justice League. Okay. Okay. We are Charlton representing. <laughs> and so. Naomi's interesting pick. I, 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 I wonder if people really have a lot of knowledge about her. They're um, going to. She's got her show coming out soon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's I'm interested in seeing the show because I read the limited series. I'm I'm really curious to see how they develop the character. Okay, Sandy. Yeah. Up. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the one who's always bitching, and that's Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going with a classic uh Ollie Bleed. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie the rebel, the leftover hippie. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. And what? just for exactly that reason. What's the, what? So the reason is story story uh, tension. Uh, some because yeah. yeah. he's always the one who's telling everyone else they're wrong. Excellent. Right. Sometimes he's right. I can go with that. Uh, I, the, another obvious legacy choice. I'm, I can't yeah. believe no one said it yet. I guess I'll be the first one to throw it out there. Wonder Woman. Um, there you <laughs> go. Okay, someone at least. I think. Right. Oh, it's both. Okay, so everybody but Sandy. Yeah. Got it. Well, yeah, no, you guys started off by saying you were all going Trinity. Trinity, yeah. yep. <laughs> all right. I, she's the only Trinity I have on my list. So, um, you know, uh, I, again, someone with a really uncomplicated, clean timeline and history <laughs> yeah. that won't, won't confuse anyone. Yeah. Um, no. I don't know if you want to if you want to clean things up, throw in Yara Floor instead. Uh, but mm. you need you need a Wonder Woman, a Wonder Woman, uh, Nubia. I don't care. Throw someone in there. Donna. Yeah, let's let's throw her. Let's stop throwing her. Let's just place her on the team. Uh, <laughs> Richard, you're up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've run out of alternates. Um, I, I got <laughs> got to go with Batman. You know, I got you got super, had Superman, had Batman, had Wonder Woman. I haven't I, had Batman, Sandy. You have Batman, Sandy. Yeah. No, now remember, no. I, I, my, I did it. No Trinity. Okay. All right, go yeah, ahead. Ba- Batman, he's, he's kind of the counter to a lot of the other characters. Um, he's, he's very pragmatic and does things in a way that may not be for the benefit of the JLA, but the benefit for for people in general. And I think, I think we need that kind of counterpoint to you know the the Boy Scout that uh superman is you need that you need that pragmatic guy standing back with you know alternate plans in case things go wrong um so yeah so batman so you know the godfather um so you know if you have zod or someone show up he's got a piece of kryptonite in his boot of course he does of course of always. course he does all right yeah. i mean that that that's the springboard of one of my favorite just league stories of all time with tower of babel Oh, good stuff. It's a great, great story for exactly great that story. reason. <laughs> the two you got Richard, John, you know the story we're talking about? No, as you can say, the two on the bottom tier are like, yeah. Kevin, you yeah. want to do the summation? It's classic, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so Batman's got um, a way to defeat each of the Justice League members. Oh, I do know. yes, I do know. And Raj al Ghul gets a hold yes. of it. Oh. And it uses it. Now, yeah, real smart there, Batman. That's like writing your password on a post-it note. <laughs> but no, again, it goes to Bat- Batman's pragmatism. He he knows if, if something happens and you need to stop the big Boy Scouts, you need to have a plan. You just don't, you know, come up with it on the on the fly. How did he yeah, get? I'm going to invent Brother I. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get hacked by Raj Agul? Is this password Robin one two three? I mean, Lord, Catwoman. All right, where do we leave off? Who who is who is you? Okay, Evan, you're up. Yeah. Oh, ah. no, he's wearing a flag. Ah. Listening on the podcast. Wally, Wally West, though. Wally West. 
Okay, I'm um, done with Wally. Go ahead. Barry has gotten to a point where he's so powerful now that they're using him as kind of the flash of the multiverse, which I love. It's great. So, and Wally's got his family back, and they redeemed him from that awful story where he murdered all his friends. <laughs> um, Andy. <sighs> I didn't write it. I'm going to blame you. You're here. No, no. it was a uh, great story, except for the premise. I'm having Wally kill everyone. Like that's what I mean. Yeah. They keep they keep beating these '90s characters senseless. It's just depressing. But um, yeah, I'm going Wally as the Flash. Plus, he's got the he's kind of like Nightwing for Batman. Like he's got the heart and the he's just a good guy. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, yep. I'm going with Wally. I definitely, I could definitely see Wally. Throw a bone to the '90s kids. And he's got those lottery winnings. So hey, <laughs> does he still have the lottery winnings? What, yeah. John? When was the last time you read Flash? Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you kids were born yet. But all right, Sandy, what's your last one? Uh, well, we've gone through my roster, but if we're getting into alternates or, or into further into the options, I go with Aquaman. Oh. The leader of the Justice League Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, one of the more powerful members of the DC Universe that uh, only sometimes gets recognized as such. I, I, I had him on my list of alternates. The, the main reason I did, he didn't make primary is if you have, you're fighting some space villain or, or enemy, there's no ocean. You know, around you. So you yeah, know, but there's no oxygen either. Well, there's that too. Of there course, he did single-handedly too. beat the White Martians. We got to remember that. Look at Evan pulling out the they, White Martians they, again. They have uh, See? similar brains to aquatic creatures, and so he shut them all down at once. See, 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 John and, and Richard, what you're missing here is that even if that were not true, and it is. Evan can make up any damn stuff he wants and you believe him. <laughs> I thought he was making Ms. Martian. Was, I, I, I thought so too. It's like, I, okay. All right. Uh, my last pick is a bit of a wild card. Um, uh, Richard and I cheated a little bit and we're chatting before this and he was actually going to pick the same character, which surprised me. And then I thought about it for a second and it didn't surprise me. And that is Static. Um, and the reason why is because I liked it when Firestorm was on the mm-hmm. team in yeah. the 80s. And he was kind of like the junior right. member and he needed some mentoring and he was a bit of a hothead. And uh, they need someone, they need youth, they need someone like that. And I thought Static could fit the bill uh, and young it up a bit. Yep. That's why I went with Naomi. Same, yeah. same reason. I had, I had, I had, I thought about Static um, for almost the exact same reasons. He's that, he's that character that, that, doesn't know everything so when you need something to be explained in the in the in the book you could explain it to static and get that point that uh, plot point across so yeah i think he's a good good pick his full name is static exposition jones uh so <laughs> is that his name uh all right well hey and no this, one even mentioned the adam no one mentioned the poor adam no one mentioned uh elongated man elongated man Plastic man, yeah, class. Yeah. He got a huge power boost recently. We had we had a we had a passing glancing mention of uh, Black Canary, but mm, uh, right. you know, 
it's, it's Black Canary is the Black Widow, uh, of, yeah, right? Where she's you know going to be I, a, a pile of ash ten seconds into the fight. I have Power Girl as an as as an optional. Power Girl's, good. Power Girl's good. Yeah, but I would argue Power Girl and Wonder Woman. You have two very they're not exactly parallel uh, counterparts of each other, but between Power Girl and Superman and Power Girl and Wonder Woman, Power Girl just feels like why. Right, yeah. and that's that's why she was optional. It, it depended yeah. on the other choices. All right, since I've got all you here, not, these, this is the this is the the team to ask this question to. Who were the worst JLA members of all time? Evan, you go first. Aztec. Aztec, but that's a Grant Morrison creation. I don't oh. think. Yeah. So. <laughs> why Aztec? Tell us why. Uh, another crisp backstory right yeah exactly um just kind of a mess of a character with and power sets that aligned with other people and no one cared okay so when he went away no one cared yeah (laughs) sad really sandy who's your worst i don't know pick anyone from detroit except for gypsy who i think is a pretty decent character actually i like gypsy I mean, you know, at least and when they brought her on... back, I thought she was a little more interesting, actually. <laughs> I made it on TV, at least. All right. Richard? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, again, I'm middle of watching the JLA series again. Um, the question. I never really understood. The question was in the JLA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone was in the JLA at some point. Uh, in the cartoon. It, yeah, in the cartoon he was. <laughs> and it's he's one of those... Why is the question amongst the you know all these you know heavy hitters? Uh, he actually solved solved a, a problem, so it, 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 he was a plot point. But I just don't see it being a long term kind. In of the thing. books, he's in checkmate. That's a perfect fit. Yeah, yeah. And we wouldn't have Rorschach without him. So right, mm-hmm. and you know who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna tell the JLA about Randy and objective objectivism and uh, philosophy? I don't know. I, I like the I like the Montoya question hmm. much better. Much better. I don't know about better because you can't go away from Denny and Dennis's question. Was a, oh my god, that's that. So that that's I'm not a, sure I ha- I can pick one or the other, but I do like the Montoya one. They're both good. O'Neill Cowan is up here. That's yeah. untouchable. Um, it's like Wildcats. I like them both. That's why when I hear yeah. the question was in the JLA, this character that <laughs> was handled so well is running around fighting dark side. No, yeah. No. Not fighting right. dark side, definitely. Uh, gosh, who is my worst? Um, Nort. <laughs> right, so you're going to the Justice League Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's like the I, great Avengers. After, after last week of praising Nort, I'm going to have to say Nort. Or Elrond. Elrond was officially a member, wasn't he? So was Snapper Carr. Let's not Snapper get Carr. <laughs> Maxwell Lord, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he'll be back. Again, again. of course. Back again. alive in the books. Maxwell Lord's favorite song, Let's Twist Again. All right. Yeah. That is going to wrap it up for this. Thank you, Evan. Thank you, Sandy, for joining us. Yes, thank uh, you. My pleasure. Much. Thanks for having us. We're going to have you again soon, like it or not. Uh, but <laughs> when yes. you do, can we do the any company roster of Super Team? Ooh. I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. We, yeah. Sandy, so you know, uh, Amalgam and DC. <laughs> that was fun. I worked on that program. That was That was crazy. Love it. JLA yeah. Avengers, love it. Like we talk about that stuff a lot, so yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I'd love to talk about the analgum series if you uh, sure you come back. Yes. Absolutely, Dark Claw. 
Yeah, there's some great characters out of that. Lobo the Duck. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you both very much. We're going to have you on again real soon. Thank you. See a pleasure. Thanks. Bye, gang. Wow. I have not read the Justice League for at least 25 (laughs) years. You know, I'm the crib note Justice League guy. You know, I, I don't think I've read it, you know, hardcore for that long either. I'm glad we had those two here to keep us honest because you and I would have been like, DC, what? Uh, and by the way, thanks for letting that segue just lie fallow. It's the 25-year rule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 25 years. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't even catch it. I didn't catch it. They're not all gold. No, they're not. Not even not even copper. Not even silver or bronze. <laughs> all right. Today's 25-year rule. We go back to 1996. Uh, this is, I think, the last week we're going to have a 25-year rule, right? We're going to take Christmas week off, maybe? Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, I think so. It is Over the Edge, number yeah. nine. Ex- not heard of this before. Extreme, Richard. It's the 90s. Everything's extreme. Four loco monster energy drinks. Snap into a slim gym. Uh, over the edge. This was a low-priced comic book, part of that whole initiative that Marvel tried in 1996 with 99-cent books. This one featured characters from the Marvel Edge portion of the Marvel Universe. You know, dark and gritty characters or magic-based characters like Daredevil, Doctor Strange, and this issue's feature, Ghost Rider. Check out that cover. You would think Todd McFarlane was back at Marvel after five years at Image. But no, it was drawn by a gentleman named Robert E. Brown, or Reb, as he signed his covers. He did a lot of work for Marvel in 1996. A lot of covers like this Mm. looked like Todd was back. Um, I am really confused why this book is still only $1.50 on eBay. Uh, Because we see people like Stephen Platt, who blatantly imitate Todd McFarlane and his books are expensive. Uh Uh, But for some reason, Robert E. Brown didn't catch on. I don't know whatever happened to Robert E. Brown. You would think he would have a longer career being uh, a Todd uh, clone, for lack of a better word. I mean, I hate to call it as I see it, but look at that cover. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, bad marketing, you know, is the gentleman still alive? You know, there's a couple of reasons why. Went into video games, animation, pays better, who knows? But yeah. uh, Over the Edge, number nine, an interesting uh, end cap to 25-year rule for 1996. Moving on to our underrated books of the week. Richard, what do you got? <laughs> okay. Hmm. I, I I have been on uh, – we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, Gerhard, um, who is a um, – started off as a background artist for Dave Sims for the Cerebus series – and later progressed to doing more and more art for the series. Um, he um, inspired me to look at, at Cerebus as a potential for this, you know, for the underrated books. And so I picked... Because CGC announced a signing with Gerhard this week. Right. I'm sorry. I, I did leave that part out. Go for it. Um, I, and, and sadly enough, I don't have any sign-worthy books mm. that, I, you know, Gerhard didn't start until in the 60s for... Yeah. Uh, for uh, for Cerebus. I picked Cerebus 54, not to beat around the bush anymore, which is the first appearance of the Wolveroach. Classic. <laughs> yes. It's, anybody uh, who was reading this book at this time uh, loved this character. 
uh, the, the, the man who played Wolverine. Basically, it's it's a ripoff of Wolverine. Um, a parody. A, a parody. Yeah, okay, yes, a parody of, of Wolverine. Uh, and and the guy who who is is Wolverine Roach is is crazy. He's just he does you know Wolverine to the uh, to the eleven, and it's just it's it's a great character. It it adds a little you know he's a foil to the seriousness for Cerebus, and um, just interjects a little bit of chaos into Cerebus life. Uh, apparently, Dave Sims said there was he had a lot of legal trouble around. Oh. It was fine for a one-off, but then he kept bringing him back. That was that was Marvel's issue. I guess you know he this character came back as Captain America. He did a Moon Knight parody. He did Moonroach. a Punisher parody. It was Moonroach. Yeah, yeah, he was all over the place. But apparently, the one that Mar- Marvel really took offense to was the Wolverine character. Now, uh, Dave Sims says that Marvel countered um, his Wolverine with the Spider Ham character. Um, to kind of give him kind of a, a, a warning. Well, if you can do that kind of parody thing, then we can do it too. Um, and and, and uh, I guess eventually they, they came to uh, an agreement and there was no, no lawsuit actually was filed. But it's an interesting piece of history. I like the character. I, I, I think, like I said, he is a really important part of, you know, Cerebrus is a, they call it a 6,000 page epic. And yeah. it's divided into chapters. Um, and uh, one of the early chapters focuses around uh, Cerebus as a barbarian, and uh, and is, you know, he's a little less gra- as well-rounded as he is in some of the later uh, chapters. And this is a part of this, and it's it's a great book because of that, because you get that you get that kind of rough around the edges Cerebus uh, in these earlier books. Uh, I looked at looked at CGC. There's only one nine point eight on on the census. This book you can buy for ten dollars on eBay raw all day long. Um, on GPA, there is that nine point eight is not isn't even um, listed. There's there's a nine point six that's sold for a hundred dollars. So it's not it's not an expensive book, but I think if you uh, enjoy Cerebus as a character, which is a complex thing to do. Because Dave Sims, as a individual, has done things that affect his legacy with Cerebus, the 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 comic, you know, his his art. Problematic. You might want to Google him. Yeah, you might want to Google him. Um, so if if you can look past that and look at these earlier books, because they they are they are free of a lot of the. Um, the machinations that he goes through in some of the later part of the series where he, he, he talks about religion and politics and things like this. This is just pure fun. These earlier books. So pick, take a look at 54, 55 and 56 uh, are all have Wolverine in them. And I think they're a good, they're a good pickup. Yeah. This was a part of Cerebus where if there was something trendy or, or buzzy happening in the comics industry, he jumped on it to parody it. And at this point, the Wolverine miniseries had just come out by Frank Miller and, and Chris Claremont. So Wolverine was a, a dead on parody of that. Uh, later on, the Bill Sienkiewicz Moon Knight uh, comes out and it's also buzzy. So Moon Roach parodies that. He, he even imitates Bill Sienkiewicz's early art at, uh, Neil Adams style. So, yeah, it was it was good stuff back then. Um, shame what happened. But, hey, my underrated book of the week is 
the monkeys, number one. Ah, with the passing of Michael Nesmith a couple weeks ago, I wanted to share this one with you guys. Um, it's sad. I, I did work with them very closely uh, over my career. Mike was everything you would want him to be. He was uh, very complex. He was very brilliant. And, you know, this book is special to me. I got another copy of it when I was in San Diego with Richard. I think I shared it on my uh, on the episode a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, this was published in the in the mid 60s when the monkeys were just conquering the charts. They had three number one albums in a row. They were just basically unstoppable. Uh, published by Dell Comics with art by Jose Delbo, who you probably know now as the guy who was selling Wonder Woman art as an NFT for more than a million dollars before DC said, stop that, Jose Elbow. <laughs> Mid-grade copies of Monkeys Number 1 are now selling on eBay from 75 to 150 bucks. So we've seen a, a bump since uh, Nez passed. A CGC 9.8 last sold in 2010 for $717, which is meaningless. That was 11 years ago. A more recent sale was for a 9.0 in April for $400. Uh-huh. I would love to have this book at a 9.8. There's got to be file copies. There's a lot of Dell file copies around out there, so I imagine there's one around there for me to have it. I just have not gotten around to it yet. Yeah, I, I know you've, you've, you've been a huge Monkey fan for years. Um, you know, I'm, I am surprised that uh, someone hasn't, <laughs> hasn't come across a 9.8. And offered it to you, even if you had right. gone out to uh, to find it yourself. Yeah, uh, I would. I, I I always wanted to get stuff signed, but I don't have any witnesses mm-hmm. uh, to uh, get it slabbed. I mean, I could take uh, cell phone pictures. Like here, I'm right next to the guy. Count, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what are you gonna do? All right, uh, that is gonna wrap it up for this week. Uh, we might be back next Monday, right? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do a Monday show. Yeah, I can tell you guys we're going to skip the bonus episode this week because it's Christmas Eve and we want to spend time with our family. So don't look for that. If you want to make sure that you catch us when we go live on Monday, hit the notification bell. Hit like on this video. Subscribe. You'll always be in the loop. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram. I'm Bronze and Modern Gods, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, Richard. Thank you, John. Everybody stay safe.